on today's episode of the Real Foodology podcast. Now we know how harmful birth control is, but it's it's frustrating that women are told that this is safe. Side effects are very rare. Ladies, the side effects are not rare. This is not a safe device. You do not want this inside your uterus. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. I am your host, Courtney Swan, and thank you so much for being here today. So today's episode is pretty personal to me, but I'm thinking and hoping that this will be pretty resonant to a lot of women listening. If you have been following me for a while on Instagram, or if you've dug back far enough on my highlights on my Instagram, you know that I dealt with copper toxicity from the Paragard or the copper IUD. This happened to me... It was like three or four years ago now. I don't remember the exact time frame. I got a copper IUD because I was told that it is non-hormonal, which it technically is, but I'll get into more of that in a second. Um, And I was looking for a form of birth control that did not have an effect on my hormones. So enter the Paragard, the copper IUD. And I went into it thinking, oh my God, this is amazing. There's no side effects. This is the solution that I've been waiting for. Well, I ended up getting it taken out two months in because I had the most insane side effects. It was terrible. And I felt like this was really not marketed with these kind of side effects. I had to dig really hard. I also was very lucky that I was working with a functional medicine doctor who was able to flag it and see what was really happening. But had I not had that insight or I didn't go digging at all, I would have never connected these these symptoms to the Paragard. And what I found while I was digging was a lot of women have experienced this as well. And I think that a lot of women are probably experiencing this without even having made the connection to their Paragard. So my hope with this episode is that uh, if there are women out there that are struggling with these symptoms and they have no idea that they're actually dealing with copper toxicity, um, it's due to your Paragard. And it's a really easy, simple fix. You just got to get it taken out. So what they don't tell you about the Paragard is, well, yes, it's not technically putting hormones in your body, What happens when copper rises in your body, it actually also causes your estrogen to rise. So it does still have an effect on your body. It has an effect specifically on your estrogen, which was one of the things that I experienced, but I also um, was having symptoms because of the rise of copper in my body. And we we dive more into this in the episode, so I don't want to give too much because I want you guys to listen to it. But um, we didn't talk about the estrogen component, so I felt that it was really important to mention that. Another thing that we didn't talk about is if you do have the Paragard and after listening to this, you're like, oh crap, I really want to get it taken out. What do I do for birth control? I have a couple episodes about this. So if you guys want to look back, there's an episode with Alyssa Vitti. I also have an episode with the um, producers, Ricky Lake and Abby Epstein, um, the producers of the business of birth control. So I would definitely listen to that as well. You have options. I personally use Natural Cycles. It's an FDA cleared app that also connects to your aura ring. So if you have an aura ring, it makes it super easy. But if you don't have an aura ring, you don't have to have one. All you need is a, a little thermometer and you take your temperature every morning, you plug it into the Natural Cycles app and it tells you whether or not you're fertile that day. Super simple. I've been using Natural Cycles ever since I got the Paragard out. So for years now, and I really love it. And it's a uh, non-hormonal form of birth control. It has no effect on your body whatsoever because you're not putting anything in your body. You're not taking any drugs or anything like that. It's fully 100% clean. And for me, in alignment with uh, what I want out of birth control. Well, that's all I got to say. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to the episode. And as always, if you're enjoying the podcast, if you could take a moment to rate and review, it helps this show more than you realize. And it takes you about a minute or two to do it. And I'm so appreciative of the support. Also, if you guys are enjoying it and you want to share it on Instagram, just tag me at Real Foodology. It means so much. I really appreciate your support and thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy the episode. One of the bigger issues that we're facing right now in this country is glyphosate exposure. It is showing up in our water. It's showing up in our food. It's showing up in 80% of Americans' urine samples. So it really is a big concern and there's only so much we can do. So I don't tell you this to scare you. I don't want to stress you out, but there are things that we can do um, in order to mitigate our exposure to glyphosate. One of those things being eat organic food, make sure that you drink filtered water. Don't drink tap water because glyphosate is in that. Prioritize sweating, moving your body every day so that you can sweat out all those toxins. Also support brands, buy from companies that test for glyphosate and guarantee that they're glyphosate residue free. This is why I'm a huge fan of Organifi 
because all of their products are not only organic, but they go above and beyond and they have a glyphosate residue free certification on there from detoxproject.org. This is a huge deal. They pay a lot of money to do this because they genuinely care about your health. And this is what I love so much about Organifi. They have their red and green juice. They have a bunch of different supplements, stuff that targets immunity. They also have a great protein. They have a drink called Harmony that helps to support women's health and hormones. They also have a drink called Pure that's sugar-free and it helps with mental clarity. It kind of tastes like a sugar-free lemonade. Love it. Huge fan of all their products. If you guys want to try any of them and get 20% off, go to Organifi.com slash Real Foodology and you are going to save 20%. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Real Foodology. Well, friends, the holidays are officially upon us. I cannot believe that I'm even recording this ad right now because it feels like they are coming very quickly. So I wanted to share a couple uh, gift ideas that I think would be awesome for anyone in your life that's either struggling with some sort of health issue or if they are on a path to get healthier. So I'm a huge fan of the higher dose infrared sauna blanket. I've had one for, man, it's been like four years now. And what it is, is it's a essentially like a, a sauna blanket that you can lay on anywhere in your house, on your bed, just as long as your bed does not have flammable materials in it. You can lay it on your couch. You can do it all, do it on your floor. And I always joke that it's like my sauna burrito because it just wraps you in and then you get a really good infrared sweat in. It promotes circulation, enhances deep relaxation. It helps with energy. It may also help with chronic fatigue. It helps you get a better sleep at night. Not to mention, you guys know, I talk about toxins all the time on this podcast and sauna, infrared saunas are the best way to get out all of the toxins that we are being exposed to on a day-to-day basis. So experts recommend that we do a sauna sweat at least a couple times a week. So that is a great option for a gift. They also have their infrared PMF mat. And this is something that I turn on at night when I'm in bed while I'm reading. I also love to do it during the day when I kind of need a little bit of a boost, like when I'm podcasting or I'm sitting on my computer. There's different settings based on what you're trying to do, whether you're meditating and reading and trying to get ready for bed, or if you are working and you need a little bit of an energetic boost. What it does is it grounds you in the earth's magnetic field for a full body reset. It is so freaking cool. They also have a travel mat. So if you have anyone in your life that travels and is interested in this, I would definitely check that out. And then last but not least, they also have a red light face mask, which helps to rejuvenate the skin. It activates a natural glow. It boosts your mood. And it's just overall really great for um, if you are looking to improve your skin. If you would like to try any of these products from Higher Dose, just go to higherdose.com. That's H-I-G-H-E-R-D-O-S-E.com and use code RealFoodology and you are going to save 15%. Samantha, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm really looking forward to this, this episode. Likewise. Thank you for having me, Courtney. Yeah. So I was telling you this offline, but I want people to hear this as well. Uh, I found you because I speak pretty frequently about, I talk a lot about birth control in general, and then I also like to share my story with birth control with my audience. And I, a couple years ago, was looking for a non-hormonal form of birth control, and I got on the Paragard, which is you know the copper IUD. And I had the strangest experience with it. I ended up getting it taken out within two months. And I'll explain more later. Um, I'll, I'll give the whole story about it. But I mention it from time to time on my Instagram because a lot of women go to that thinking that it has no effects on their body because it's marketed as non-hormonal. And so it, it's marketed as having no side effects. And when I shared my story recently, I had someone in my community reach out and say, you need to talk to Samantha Gilbert about this because she's, she talks pretty extensively about this. So I'm very excited to dive into that. Um, before we do that, can you give everyone a little bit about your background and what you do? I, I'd, I'd love to, yes. Um, I'm a nutritional therapy counselor. I've been in practice for a little over 13 years now. And I didn't come to this just uh, you know, by accident. I actually struggled with copper toxicity myself. It runs in my mm-hmm. family. Um, so I all, all that I knew for many, many years until my early 30s was severe depression, severe anxiety, OCD. My OCD was around food and my body. A lot of women can you know, I know, relate to that. So I was someone that that struggled and couldn't seem to figure out um, 
you know, what the source of my symptoms were, why I was, you know, constantly doing this back and forth seesaw with my mood. Um, and it was just a, a huge source of pain for many, many years. And then I finally figured out that I was copper toxic and also mm. um, a condition called undermethylated. And we can get into methylation as well. So, so that kind of started me on, on my journey to, I was actually a designer in the fashion industry and that's when my health fell apart. And then that prompted me to go back to school and study more holistic medicine, functional medicine and, and, um, and, you know, start a practice and here I am. And today we get to talk about how copper impacts women on a significant level. Mm. Oh, I'm so excited to dive into this because I have a, a bit of an understanding of it just from my personal experience, but I'm excited to hear more about that. Um, I guess we can start out with maybe I'll just share what my experience was and then I would love to hear what yours, what your experience was. So I had the copper IUD put in and I work with a functional medicine doctor. And at the time, you know, she had, she even told me she had a little bit of a hesitation, but she was like, let's just watch it. Let's make sure that we really up your zinc. And I want you to talk about this too, the relationship of zinc with copper. Um, and so she wanted me to be on a higher dose of zinc just so that it would level out the copper if there was any sort of effect. And I would say, I mean, within weeks, I noticed um, I had really insanely heavy periods. Or So within the first month, you know, when I had my first period, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Um, I was having really horrible cramps. And I've never really experienced a super heavy menstrual cycle. And I don't really get cramps. So that right off the bat, I was like, oh, man, this is crazy. Um, really crazy hormonal, like mood swings. Um, my hunger was really ramped up in a way that I've never experienced outside of being on actual hormonal birth control, which I thought was really interesting. And then the craziest thing to me was that I noticed that it was having an effect on my mental state. Um, I felt very erratic. I felt very, um, I, I suddenly was very paranoid and I've never really experienced paranoia or anything like that, but it was to a level that I was like, something really crazy is going on. And so about a month in, um, my doctor decided to do some blood work on me. And the craziest thing was my CRP, which is the inflammation marker, was through the roof. Like she was like, oh, this is insane um, how high it was. And then we were also testing my copper. My copper levels were really high. We didn't want to take it out because initially, you know, I was super bummed because I was, I had been excited about this being a great option for birth control. And so we decided we'd watch it. She upped my zinc. We retested again. And she was like, Court, you got to, you got to get this taken out. And crazy enough, well, not crazy enough because I, but it's just really interesting to see the the lab results. So after that, when I got it taken out, um, we retested. My CRP went down. My copper went down. The paranoia, all the crazy like mental stuff. And I want to say this lightly, but it felt crazy for me. I felt very erratic. Um, and then within a month of getting it taken out, all my numbers went down. My mental state went back to a normal place. My period went back to normal. And so I feel very passionate about telling women about this because had I not had a doctor that had pointed it out to me. And then also another thing that I did was I was on a lot of forums online reading. And I mean, I was finding hundreds of comments from women that were saying the exact same thing that they were experiencing. And that's how I was able to connect the dots. But, you know, when I started sharing it about my Instagram, I had a lot of women reach out going, oh my God, I never connected the dots with X, Y, and Z that I was struggling with. Yeah, most unfortunately, the connection never happens because women start to have these experiences that you had. They go to their doctor and most doctors, thank God you have a great doctor that understands these relationships. But unfortunately, and, and I'm not knocking doctors here, okay? We have some amazing doctors in the world. So that's not, I'm not coming from a place of, of you know, disparaging here. Um, but every week in my clinic, I have women tell me, yeah, I went back and, um, you know, they told me that that couldn't happen. That wasn't possible. Um, you know, is it something else? And constantly, you know, the gaslighting, I think, is really strong. So yeah. I'm glad that you have that support, that you had that support at the time that it happened, um, because paranoia um, and psychotic episodes are common. 
when, when, with this device, it's a class two medical device. And I, I think a lot of women, I'd, I'd like for them to know that since it first came into existence 30 years ago, there've been more than 40,000 reports to the FDA uh, in their uh, adverse events reporting system. We know that reporting mm -hmm. systems are underreported. If we look at VAERS, that's you know significantly yeah. underreported. So that to me is really telling. Um, I think that they know that this is a problem. They know that perforation of the, uh, 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 the cervix um, and the uterus is, is possible. That's why I always, always uh, encourage women, try not to, please don't take it out yourself. Um, please have someone remove it for you because you don't wanna perforate that delicate area. Um, so I think raising awareness is so key. Uh, I have never had the copper IUD, but I was on the birth control pill when I was in my 20s for a short period of time, and I didn't tolerate that at all. It significantly impacted my mood, and and also from a physical standpoint, I, I had terrible yeast infections, and I, my skin started breaking out. I always had very good skin. I couldn't understand, you know, what was going on. Of course, later now we know how harmful. Uh, birth control is uh, yeah. in general, um, but but it's it's frustrating that women are told that this is safe. Side effects are very rare. Well, uh, ladies, the side effects are not rare. This is not a safe device. You do not want this inside your uterus. Mm, yeah, I'm curious to know how how do you get copper toxicity from the Paragard? Yeah, so the interesting thing about this device is that it, you know, it's got the two copper sleeves along the arms, and those are continually releasing copper into the lining of the uterus. And what happens is this process uh, produces an inflammatory response that is a toxin to sperm. So, mm. you know, which is going to prevent fertilization, right? But do we really want an inflammatory response inside our uterus? Uh, you know, we, again, that's a delicate area, and we really don't want something that's going to throw off that delicate balance. I mean, copper is, is important. And I I know there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of information out there about copper and zinc and diametrically opposed uh, concepts about them. But I always want people to remember that when copper is elevated, yes, we need copper, but when it's elevated, you're in a pro-inflammatory state. Mm -hmm. And that's what's happening inside your uterus. And then, of course, that has impacts in other areas of the body, specifically the brain. Um, that's a problem. And that's why I think these, these things should be taken off the market. I know some women have reported, I think it's a very small percentage that they tolerate the copper IUD just fine. Um, but I would say for the most part, I think that there are negative side effects uh, much more so than, than normalcy. Yeah. Yeah. It really is crazy. I mean, it goes back to, um, this still is a, it's considered a pharmaceutical in a way right? Because it's regulated in that way. Class two medical um, device. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it's the classic, uh, you know, big pharma doesn't want to admit that they're, that they're like, uh, what do I want to, like golden child has all these side effects and problems, you know? I mean, they, they make so much money off of it. I remember like my, I mean, this is a bit of a side tangent, but my insurance ended up not even covering it. And I got a bill for this thing for $800. And I'm just like, wow. I know it's so crazy. And, you know, they, I think that's what people don't understand is they think that just because it's being offered, um, that there's no sort of side effects for it, that it's totally safe, that there's no way that they could be putting this on the shelf. And what I realized in this experience, and, you know, I told you earlier that I found this forum of, I mean, there was a time that I was up for like four hours reading comments from, I mean, hundreds of women having a very similar experience with this Paragard. And do you think that it, that there is a set of women that it doesn't affect? Or do you think women that say that the Paragard is not affecting them, they're just not aware of the symptoms? That's a great question, Courtney. I, I think that there is often lack of awareness. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, eventually, just like the birth control pill, there will be problems because mm -hmm. you can't have a heavy metal in your body that is critical to so many processes throughout the body that's going to suppress zinc and not have issues over time. I mean, they tell women that this can be inside their uterus for 10 years. Mm. That's an extraordinary amount of time to have this device inside your body dysregulating not only copper, but other metals. 
Um, mm. And, you know, zinc specifically is, is critical for so many processes in the body. We can't function optimally if our zinc levels are suppressed because we have a medical device, or I should say, I call it a torture device, mm -hmm. uh, creating all these imbalances. Uh, and it's not just zinc. Of course, we want copper and zinc to be in relationship with one another. And I, I like to say they should be happily married. Um, but unfortunately, copper gets angry and then starts taking, you know, that anger out on zinc and, and then, you know, problems ensue. But there are a lot of other processes that are significantly impacted. So one of the challenges with um, copper is that it uh, lowers dopamine and increases norepinephrine in the brain. Um, and that's where we get a lot of that mood and that dysregulation going on. Um, and if we look at things like um, also the gut microbiome and the, and the role that copper and zinc play in regulating microbes and other metals, specifically in the gut, um, that's why we see so many yeast infections and, mm. um, uh, you know, UTIs and things like that. So norepinephrine is kind of... Um, uh, it's an it's an interesting chemical. It's released by the adrenal glands. It's a regulator of attention and impulsivity, um, and it's part of the body's fight, flight, and response mechanisms. And it also has a direct impact on heart rate and blood pressure. So women will often come to me and say, "My blood pressure is through the roof. I don't understand why. I'm on BP meds. They're not really helping. I'm having, of course, side effects from the meds because you know, with any medication, at least most of them, what they do in the body is they they poison enzymes. And anytime you poison an enzyme in the body, you're going to have challenges. Um, so when I test them and their copper levels are through the roof, I can see why their heart, because you know we're energetic chemical beings, right? And copper is a metal. I can see why their heart is misfiring, if you will, um, and why there's a dysregulation. There's often arrhythmias and things like that. Mm. Um, so we we always want to be really careful. And I'm also very concerned because there's litigation right now with the Paragard, by the way. I forgot to mention that. Um, and in the litigation, there are concerns in the literature about cancer. We've known about that relationship for decades simply because we know that blood vessels and copper is needed to make blood vessels, that those are a part of tumors, right? So tumor mm. growth, when we think of things that are creating that inflammation and that growth, well, we, you know, we don't want that overloaded in the body. So, I mean, there are so many, there are myriad symptoms that I can, you know, uh, uh, read off to you. But um, I think basically, I, I just, I, I always go back to, this is an inflammatory response in your body. And especially when we're talking about things like cancer and so forth, we, we just have to be very careful. Yeah. It's interesting that you bring that up because like I said, when we did that testing, my CRP inflammation was through the roof. My doctor was like, I've never seen numbers like this before in someone your age. It was really crazy. It was kind of scary. And then, and initially when we did that, we didn't even make the connection with the Paragard, which is so funny. It wasn't until like a month later, she was like, you might need to take that thing out. Cause I think that's, that's actually what's causing the inflammation, um, which is so interesting. So we've talked about this a little bit, but can we dive more into the relationship of copper and zinc? So like you said, you like to think of them being married together um, or to be married. And my doctor was trying to up my zinc levels. Can we talk about why just supplementing more zinc is not going to help if you have too much copper in your body? Yeah, that's another great question. And, and, you know, again, I forgive me, I know I've said this before, but I think it bears repeating. It's yeah. not that copper is bad. It's mm -hmm. just that so many people, and this is male and female, and I work with a lot of children and families, and children tend to be copper toxic as well. We can get into that later if you'd like. Yeah. Um, it's not that copper is bad because people see the term copper toxicity and go, oh my gosh, that's why I prefer the term copper overload. I feel like mm. it's softer. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, 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 it basically want to make sure that zinc and copper are in balance. Not that one is higher than the other, um, but, you know, we want to make sure that there's, there's a nice balance. Um, so let's talk about zinc. So zinc is essential to all forms of life. And as I shared, um, it's really important in the, the production of enzymes. And enzymes, for the most part, almost all of them are proteins. So we need proteins to function as human beings. And we need zinc to help create 
these proteins. Um, we also need zinc to um, uh, help with intellectual function. Strength, uh, excuse me, zinc is a wonderful stress buffer. It enhances mood and memory. It also enhances gene expression of something called metallothionine. Now, we hear a lot about glutathione, but metallothionine, in my opinion, is the star um, in terms of one of our major antioxidants mm -hmm. because of its ability to bind toxic heavy metals and transport them out of the body. Um, so yes, glutathione is very, very important, but we have to remember that we need zinc to create metallothionine um, so that we can transport these things out of the body and also help with balancing copper. Um, and I can, I can, you know, there's so many things that are connected to metallothionine. I can go into that if you wish, but I, I, I also always want people to remember that even if you have something, even if you're taking zinc, excuse me, um, if you have something in your body that is creating an inflammatory response that is jacking up copper, whether it's the IUD or the birth control pill, it's going to be really hard to balance those levels in the body until you get rid of the inflammation. I know it's hard to hear to have something like this removed. I know for the most part, it's easy to just put something in and then forget about it, right? Um, but it's not worth it. I just think that I just want women to remember you're too precious to have to deal with this um, and mm. all the side effects that go along with it. And there are so many, as, as you know, you've seen the forums. Um, I wrote a, a blog post about the copper IUD, I think, gosh, in 2016. And I still get comments almost, uh, well, not wow. daily. I would say every week uh, there's someone is commenting um, about the side effects that they've had. Wow, that's wild. Well, yeah, because I think, you know, I, I kind of said this already, but I think women may be suffering from symptoms that they're not even connecting to the Paragard. You know, they may just think like, oh, this is just a part of life or um, I'm really struggling because of X, Y, you know, like they probably don't even know to make the connection, which is why I really wanted to record this episode because had I not done the digging and had I not had a doctor that could speak to what I was going through, I would have had no idea. And I probably would have been on that thing for years. I mean, it was, yeah, it was wild, the symptoms that I was dealing with. I just remembered another one. And this is something I want to dive into you, dive into next with you, but I was starting to have like OCD type symptoms too. It's like there was all this stuff happening neurologically that I just thought it was so strange and it, I'm so glad that I was able to connect the dots. Um, so how else do people, if if someone's listening and they don't have a Paragarden, but they think maybe they might have copper overload, how else do you get copper overload in your body? Yeah, uh, an, another fantastic question. So it's often inherited. It often runs in families. Mm. It runs in my family. Many of the women have been impacted by copper negatively in my family. Um, uh, breast cancer does run in my family. And I know that copper is a part of that. Methylation is also a big part of cancer. Mm. Um, but I think that is often the case, but it can be acquired. Uh, you know, again, the copper IUD being one component. Vegan diets are another component all of the chemicals that we're exposed to. There's so many environmental insults that we have. As you know, Courtney, you talk about this a lot. Um, yeah. And I, I, you know, I love that that's part of the work that you do to inform people and empower them. But we have to be really mindful of even the water that we're drinking. It needs to be properly filtered. Mm -hmm. um, copper pots and pans, those can be sources of copper. Um, so I think it's all around us. And I think because the system in and of itself is dysregulated, and there are a lot of reasons for that, but there's the epigenetic component of things being passed on from generation to generation. And like you said, people go, well, that just runs in my family. We go gray in our teen years. That just runs in our family. Well, why does that run in your family? Well, you've got a zinc deficiency if gray hair is running in your family starting at that young of an age. And I do see that in my practice. Mm. So um, I, I encourage everyone that's listening to think about writing a timeline. Think about when you had, if you have a copper IUD or if you're on any form of birth control and you notice that you haven't been feeling well since that time, just write out the symptoms and what you've noticed because there is going to be a correlation. Everything is always connected. I'm always reminded of that. And I think that there is no coincidence. I think we always need to look at, um, you know, where is this coming from? What are the root causes? You know, of course, we go back to root causes. Um, and then how can we go about fixing that so people can, can be healthy? 
One of the things that I really struggle with the most is falling asleep at night. And this is why I love Cured Nutrition because I have found that their product Zen in combination with CBN has really helped me to fall asleep quicker. In Zen, it is a combination of magnesium, reishi, CBD, and then has things like passion flower, ashwagandha. All of these just help to calm the mind and calm the body and get you ready for bed. And then I also take their raw CBN nighttime hemp oil. CBN is known specifically for creating more relaxation than CBD does. So the combination of these two together has really helped me to fall asleep quicker. I am obsessed with Cured Nutrition and all of their products because they go above and beyond their commitment to high quality, organic, healthy products is above and beyond any other CBD company I've seen. If you want to hear more about it, I had the founder on the podcast, Joe Sheehy. He's amazing. He's a good friend of mine. I can't speak highly enough. If you want to try these products or any of the other Cured products, go to curednutrition.com slash realfoodology and use code realfoodology and you're going to save 20%. That is cured, C-U-R-E-D, nutrition.com slash realfoodology. With cold and flu season around the corner, I just want to take a quick second to talk a little bit about a supplement that I created with 2x4 Nutrition. It's called Real Defense. And what it is, is a liposomal supplement. If you are unaware of what a liposomal supplement is, I would highly recommend going back and listening to the episode with the founder of 2x4 because we go into extensive detail what it means and why liposomal supplements are up to 15 times more effective than supplements, traditional supplements like capsules and gummies. When you're taking a supplement and you're spending money on it, you obviously want it to be bioavailable for the body and for it to work. So this is probably one of the most highly effective supplements that you can find on the market. And I created it in conjunction with 2x4 after everything we went through the last couple of years. I mean, we just became more aware than ever of the importance of our immunity and making sure that our immune system is in a place where we can defend from whatever it is that our bodies are exposed to. I spent a lot of time helping them formulate this and everything in here is science-backed and specifically in this supplement because it has immune-modulating properties. It has vitamin D, zinc, quercetin. Quercetin is a zinc ionophore, which means that it pushes through the cell wall and gets the zinc into the actual cell so that it can help fight off whatever it is that your body is going through at the time. It also has elderberry, which is really high in vitamin C, chaga mushroom, which is really great for the immune system, eleuthero root, and astragalus root. And of course, because I created this supplement with them, it is non-GMO, it's sugar-free, there's no natural flavors. And it tastes so good. You can take it on a day-to-day basis. Also, children can take it. You just want to consult with your doctor on how much to take if you're giving it to your kids. And I really love this supplement. I take it every day and I really double down on it when I feel like I'm getting sick or when I catch a cold or something like that. So if you guys are interested in checking it out, go to 2x4.com. That's 2x4.com and search for Real Defense. I hope you guys love it. So you you brought up undermethylated, which is another thing I want to dive into. I have so many questions for you. This is fascinating. Um, so we know with um, people that have the MTFHR gene, they're not able to methylate B. Is there something, uh, is there a genetic mutation like that for copper? Like, is that why it runs in your family that you maybe can't assimilate copper as well, or you can't assimilate the zinc that balances out the copper? Is that kind of maybe what's happening or... Can I say something about MTHFR? Do you mind if I just... uh, Oh, yeah. We can also go that direction, too, because I want to talk about the... Just briefly, because I I don't want to take up time talking about this tiny little enzyme in in the backup pathway of methylation that it might be, you know, 30% expressive. I think too much attention is put on MTHFR when we need to look at the entire pathway. Um, And it has very, very little clinical significance, especially when we're talking about mental health. In Mm. fact, it has barely any, any significance. The thing about mutations is we don't know if they're expressing or not. And that's the challenge with a lot of these tests. Um, so when I look at methylation, I'm looking at whole blood histamine, or I'm looking at a methylation panel by doctor's data. This is what gives us accuracy in terms of what is currently going on in your body at present time. So to go back to your question about is there a mutation that would predispose with regard to copper? Um, My answer to that is, why is there all this oxidative stress to begin with? And it usually starts, you know, if it's inherited, it's gonna start way back in the family line where we see a dysregulation in general of a host of um, neurotransmitters and hormones and so forth. And, And what's behind that? 
well, copper and also nutrient deficiencies. And that's mm-hmm. where that zinc balance comes in. Um, you know, I respect people for their beliefs and what they choose to eat. So this isn't, you know, again, I, I, I'm not disparaging here, but if we're talking about things like copper and balancing the system, we can't do that with good quality animal protein. It's just not possible. And I want to be honest with people about that. With or without? Be, you cannot balance a system um, with, without good quality animal protein. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's so important. Uh, and I think that the popularity of, a, of or rather um, the negativity around animal protein that has you know, happened over the decades has been really problematic and really impacted people in a significant way. Now, of course, that's shifted now. A lot of people are recognizing uh, the importance of animal protein and the regenerative farm movement, which I'm uh, very passionate about. But I do want to be honest that I think that we have really, really lost our way um, and that we need to go back to uh, a sustainable biodynamic form of farming, such as, you know, polyface farm and some of the other wonderful farms that we have so that people can get back to, uh, you know, to homeostasis. So I know I kind of gave you a long answer there, Courtney, but I wanted to explain that the reason why things misfire is because of nutrient deficiencies and overloads. That's why we see a dysregulation in the system that is passed down from generation to generation. Yeah. I mean, that's profound. I'm so glad that you went off on that tangent. It was beautiful. It's very important for people to hear. And I, I speak about this quite often on my podcast as well. You and I share the same value and that I respect how anyone wants to live their life, how they want to eat, what their morals are around that. that that's fine. I just am here to be a deliverer of the truth because I want people to have informed consent. You know, as long as you know everything and you can make decisions from a place of honesty and truth about what is going to be best for your health, then that's fine. That's all I really care about, you know? And, and I, I do share the same sentiment as you that it is so incredibly hard to be healthy without having some sort of animal products in your diet. It just is a fact, you know? And it makes it even harder when you do have something like MTFHR or some sort of genetic mutation where a lot of these nutrients and plant foods are really not bioavailable like they are in plant or in, um, in animal foods, you know? It just makes it really hard, you know, and a lot of people are really suffering and there's a massive connection with our mental health to our uh, nutrient deficiencies as well. And a lot of people are struggling mentally and a lot of people are struggling across the board, you know, and there's a lot of factors happening. It's multifaceted for sure. But I do think a lot of it is diet connected because we are so disconnected from what it really truly means to eat healthy especially in this country. We're eating a lot of highly processed foods. We're really pushing for everyone to go vegetarian and vegan right now. And it's just not great for our health. Yeah. And we can't live on lab, lab grown protein and milk. Um, We can't live, like you said, on these ultra processed genetically modified foods that the powers that be want to push on us. And so I'm going to fight. I'm an advocate for children. I see what this is doing to our kids. It is really heartbreaking. I work with Mm -hmm. families, as I mentioned. Um, Copper is a big problem in autism. Copper is a big problem in children with behavioral challenges, uh, with ADHD, with OCD. Um, Of course, methylation does play a role there. The gut microbiome, which gets dysregulated with copper, is is a major factor there, too. Um, And one thing I wanted to add, if I I may, Courtney, is that you know, the bioavailability of zinc uh, comes from things like grass-fed beef and lamb. Um, Oysters are also high in zinc, but they also um, are high in copper. And there's a a lot of issues with people being able to really tolerate specifically shellfish Mm -hmm. simply because our waters are so contaminated. So I always encourage people, when you go online and you look at those lists, uh, a lot of them are not complete or inaccurate, and that's why I wrote my cookbooks, because I wanted people to have accuracy in terms of lists, what is safe, what isn't. Um, you know, I, I hate to restrict people uh, any more than is necessary. I want people to enjoy food and have that healthy relationship with food. So um, if you're not eating meat, um, I would encourage maybe considering that if you are struggling. I was vegetarian for five years, and it was the sickest I've ever been in my whole life. Um and I was doing everything. This was when I was in school getting my master's in nutrition. You know, 
I see this this message thrown around a lot on Instagram or just on social media in general. And I was also getting it from people um, as I started sharing that I was no longer eating vegetarian. And, you know, there's this notion of, oh, you're just not doing it well enough. You know, you're not doing it right. You're not vegan enough. Like wait for your body to, to um, detoxify and adjust. And so I just kept going for five years until finally I was like, enough. I'm so sick. I literally had a nutritionist. Um, I left her office crying because she just looked at me and point blank goes, you have to eat meat or you're going to be sick forever. And I remember leaving just sobbing and I was like, she's so mean. And, you know, this was so horrible. And then looking back, I'm like, she gave me such a gift. That was that was what someone needed to tell me because I was so sick and I, I was not willing um, to really look at it. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I'm, I'm sorry you had that experience, but what a blessing you are to the world now, right? Because you went through that experience. And I feel the same way. I feel that all of the pain and the heartache and the suffering and the suicide attempts and, you know, mm-hmm. everything that I went through in my life, now has its purpose because I get to help others that are hurting and in pain. When I was vegan and then raw vegan, I, I likewise uh, was uh, the, the sickest I have ever been. Um, my copper levels were through the roof. I wasn't mm-hmm. making the connection. See, I think, you know, going back to what you said earlier, there is a disconnect and brain fog is a big aspect of copper overload, let's be honest. And so are gut infections. So I think there's a disconnect, not, not intentionally, um, but just because when your you know neurotransmitters are misfiring and your dopamine is low and serotonin is dysregulated, it's hard to think clearly and to think, oh wow, could this be you know part of this? And it took me, I mean, I'm embarrassed to say, but I did the raw thing for over three years. Uh, mm. My ponytail was the size of a dime. Mm. Um, I, I, my phone, my face was totally broken out in rashes and acne. I had yeast infections. I mentioned that, um, I was a size zero, but see, because I was a size zero and I had an eating disorder, I thought it was fantastic. So Mm. I chose to ignore what I was doing to myself. Um, but you know, again, it it was, it was a blessing because I, I, I get to do what I do today. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry that you went through that. You know, I, I was always that person um, in high school. I I was very fortunate to never get acne or anything. When I went vegetarian, I had the most insane case of cystic acne. It was the second one would leave, literally a new one would pop up the next day. And this was for four years and nothing fixed it until I started eating meat again. Well, your stomach acid gets depleted on a vegan diet. That's something that people don't talk about. Why is stomach acid so important? Well, we need to uh, be able to absorb the nutrients from our food and stomach acid kills, uh, you know, bacteria and yeast and so forth. It keeps our our gut uh, healthy, right? Um, uh, we get B12 deficient. I mean, it just goes, you know, the list goes on and on and on. So yeah, it's amazing. Sometimes I'll just add in some betaine and my client's acne will be gone in a matter of a couple of weeks. It's, it's wow. really fascinating how that works. Yeah, it is really fascinating. I was also thinking about, I don't know if you've seen this, but there's this kind of a joke, but it's, you know, there, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of this actually happening, um, where they say on, you know, on TikTok and Instagram that all hot girls have stomach problems or they have IBS. And there's this, a lot of people are talking about bloating and they're normalizing it and all this stuff. And all I can think about is how there's this movement of everyone going vegetarian and vegan. And then they're like, I'm bloated all the time. That's normal. One, that's not normal. Um, also it's not normal to have stomach problems like that. And I think all of this is connected. Everyone is uh, going plant-based thinking that this is the healthiest thing for them. And then they're having all these symptoms and then we're trying to normalize it online. Like, oh, it's fine. Everyone has this. Well, just because it's normal right now or like quote unquote normal that a lot of people have it does not mean that it's actually normal for, for humans, for our health. Exactly. Exactly. And I, you know, forgive me. I, um, I got off all social media back in, I think June, um, just, just because I, you know, my preference from a moral perspective, I didn't want to support that anymore. Um, and of course that's no judgment, but, uh, I, I, so forgive me if I've kind of been out of the loop, but I've been disturbed by certain trends over the years, normalizing things that aren't normal. Mm -hmm. Um, in, in my opinion, and I, you know, I hope you're okay with me saying this. I think that this is a push by 
you know, yeah. big pharma and industry to normalize mm-hmm. things to cover up a lot of what's going on um, with certain medications and, and products that they push on people. Absolutely. Um, and um, it's, it's not bloating is not normal, ladies. If you're if you're watching, listening, bloating, belching, gas, none of those things is normal. If you notice mm-hmm. that after eating, uh, you know, even if it's random and you haven't just had a meal that says that there's something amiss inside your microbiome, whether there's an actual overgrowth or not, I don't know, but I would encourage you to work with someone that is literate in this area and can help you do this safely. And I Um, need to make sure that I say that about copper and zinc, because you don't want to start taking high amounts of zinc without knowing what your levels are. We also need to look at ceruloplasmin, which is a copper binding protein, another enzyme, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And we need to see how that's working and where that is, because that's going to help bind to the copper. Um, So there are a lot of of things going on in treating copper uh, dysregulation and making sure that you have ample zinc on board and so forth. So just want to make sure that people are aware of that. Yeah. I like the saying, test, don't guess. You always want to know what's going on in your body first. Don't just start throwing supplements at it, you know, work with, with a highly trained professional that knows what they're talking about and, and knows all these connections and they can help you. Cause you want to see what's going on first before you just start taking all these supplements. Yeah. That's really, really good advice. And I love what you just said. Cause I feel very, I mean, we're aligned in that. I, I think there's a lot of, there's a big push right now to normalize things that are not normal and we're just trying to to make it normal so that no one really questions it or starts digging into it deeper. But the sad reality that we live in is that there's money to be made in people that are sick. You know, there's medications to be thrown out, um, surgeries, et cetera. There's a lot of money to be made off of you when you're sick. And this is why I do what I do, because for me, I find it incredibly, incredibly empowering to learn about my body and know how to make myself better and well, because we can do that. We have the ability. Our bodies want to be in a state of health. Yes, they do. You know? I'm I'm so glad you said that, Courtney. I think that's really powerful for for people to hear. Um, As you know, when you get into uh, disrepair, if you will, and your mood is dysregulated and you're depressed and, you know, having a lot of panic attacks throughout the day, you name it, Mm -hmm. it's hard to believe that you can heal. Uh, I always like to let everyone know whether it's my show or your show or or what have you. Healing is always possible. Please know that. If you have the IUD currently and you're having a lot of symptoms, please know that the first step is to get it removed mm-hmm. and then work with someone that can help you balance those levels appropriately, that knows how to look at the gut microbiome in relation to the biochemistry. Um, but I, I think it is so critical. I, for years, never thought I was going to heal. Um, I was very suicidal at different points in my mm-hmm. life. Um, I, I mean, you name it, um, I, I struggled with it. And I just did not have faith. Um, and I just, but I kept moving forward. In some way, I'd get knocked down, I'd get back up, and I'd start over again. And, and um, you know, I haven't struggled for, gosh, I guess it's been about 15 years now. So, it's it, it just know that you can really be in the worst place and feel like you've hit rock bottom, but there is a plan for you. Healing is always possible. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's going to be really um, powerful for people to hear, especially for people that are struggling. And so um, thank you for that. And I'm so sorry that you went through that, but it, you know, what a wonderful gift to be on the other side and now have the ability to share your experience with others that are struggling to give them hope that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is. Absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate saying that. Yeah. So I mentioned this earlier and I would love to hear a little bit about this because I also experienced this. Um, Another one of the symptoms that I'd mentioned when I was dealing with that copper overload was um, a lot of it was mental health aspects. I was kind of feeling paranoid. I had some OCD stuff that started happening that that is, has shown up before in my life, mostly when I've been really stressed out. But I noticed that it was on a really ramped up level and really insane anxiety. I've always struggled with pretty low grade chronic anxiety, but I noticed when I had the Paragarden, it was like through the roof. Yeah, common. Yeah, so what... Okay. Yeah. Do you want to, do you want to speak to all that a little bit? 
Yeah. Um, so, so copper, it, it impacts every body system, right? I, I talked a bit um, a, a, about uh, antioxidants in the body, how it's pro-inflammatory, how it creates a lot of what we call high oxidative stress. Mm. Um, so when, when dopamine is suppressed, and then I talked about norepinephrine, it's, when, when that happens, we get dysregulation in the brain. We get a lot of inflammation in the brain. Um, and if I could go back to metallothionine, that master antioxidant mm -hmm. that, that in, in my opinion, I mean, you could say that glutathione and metallothionine have, have equal billing, but I kind of think metallothionine is more the star. Um, so, so what does metallothionine do? It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's an important protein. It detoxifies mercury. It detoxifies other heavy metals. Um, it helps the immune system. It, it helps deliver zinc to cells throughout the body. So that's really critical. Um, and it also helps prevent yeast overgrowth and it, and it works on lots of other things uh, in, in addition to the gut microbiome. But the main thing that it is really protective is the brain and blood brain, the blood brain barrier. Um, and when we have a, a dysregulation of copper and zinc, metallothionine is going to be low. So in other words, the mental health challenges that come along with copper, yes, they're very common. I see them all the time. And that's because copper is really good at significantly lowering dopamine and increasing what we call our inflammatory neurotransmitters, mm -hmm. um, such as norepinephrine. So that's where we see, we can see psychosis when copper is very high. Fibromyalgia is very common. Um, did an outreach clinic many years ago with the doctors that I work with. And we had uh, a young lady come to the clinic and she was pulling on her arm like this. She's mm. like, I, I just, you know, and, you know, she was, you know, she, she wasn't in her body, so to speak, right? Wow. But it was this pulse of electricity. And, you know, again, copper is a metal. It's a heavy metal. It's a conductor of energy. We are energetic beings. So, of course, it's going to dysregulate the brain and the neurotransmitters, you know, in, in our brain. So, so that's what was happening. Copper goes up. Copper goes up in pregnancy. I mean, here's another example. Um, it's normal copper, as I mentioned, is needed to make blood vessels. Blood vessels are needed to make babies, right? So it's normal for copper to increase during pregnancy because of all of this dysregulation that we see and people um, are, are having a lot of issues detoxifying appropriately because again, our environment and, and the diet and so forth, um, lack of access to clean water, what have you. Um, what's happening is that copper levels are not going back down to normal, and that can be passed on to your child. So mm -hmm. that's why I always test before uh, couples uh, conceive. I think that's really critical. We know that ancient cultures always had a preparation diet for at least six months uh, before conception, and that's another area that you know, I, I want to encourage people with. So forgive me, Courtney, I went off on another tangent I there. I'm it. so passionate about this topic, but um, I hope that answers your question with regard to, again, the brain and copper, because there are, of course, a lot of symptoms that go along with copper overload, but uh, the brain is one of the more significant ones. Yeah, no, don't ever apologize for tangents. I love it. I love to hear experts talk about their expertise, you know, what they're what they're good at talking about. It's, it was, I think it was really important for people to hear that. Um, so have you dealt with OCD in your life? I'm very intrigued by OCD. Um, cause I'm curious what is happening with that because I, I, I've always wondered if there is some sort of nutritional deficiency happening or I, I'm always, I'm a very curious person and I'm always like, okay, but why, what's, what's the root of this? Yeah. What's going yeah, on there? So OCD. Yeah. There's, there's a couple different components. What we call true OCD is a result of undermethylation. And so undermethylation is I'm undermethylated. I think I mentioned that already. Mm -hmm. um, so we can you we explain make, to people what that means really fast? Yeah, sorry. So um, yeah, sorry about that. I don't, I don't want to okay. assume that uh, uh, people uh, know what methylation is. Uh, your, your audience may know yeah. more so, but um, so methylation is a process that impacts every body system. Um, it's needed to create uh, neurotransmitters. It's needed to create hormones in the body. You know, I mentioned enzymes, again, metallothionine and glutathione um, are, are really, you know, those critical antioxidants. So when we're not methylating appropriately, whether it's not enough, which is under or too much, which is over, so too many methyl groups, then we can have dysregulation, uh, you know, uh, in, in, in both areas. Um, about 70% of the population, believe it or not, is has a methylation disorder, mostly under 
methylation. It's a huge component of autism as well. Mm. Um, and it's something that I see quite frequently in my practice. Um, under methylators, we're very driven people. Most of us have a higher level of education, um, uh, you know, the type A kind of personality. Uh, and where the OCD comes into play, going back to kind of neurotransmitter production and activity is because we have those low levels of serotonin and dopamine because we need those methyl groups to methylate or bring alive um, uh, those important neurotransmitters. Um, also hormones as well, whether it's cortisol, um, you know, stress hormone or sex hormone, uh, hormone such as uh, uh, estradiol, progesterone, testosterone those also need the correct fuel. I, I like to kind of use the car analogy. A lot of people, you know, like cars, especially men. <laughs> so using the car analogy of having the right kind of oil, uh, you know, we wouldn't, or, or the right kind of fuel. So you wouldn't put diesel in a brand new Honda, for example. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you'd be giving that car the wrong fuel. And so the challenge becomes for us when we don't make enough methyl groups is that if we're eating these vegan and vegetarian diets, we're getting too much folate. Folate, doesn't matter if it's from food, supplements, folic acid, methylated folate, folinic acid, it all strips methyl at the level of DNA. So outside the nucleus of the cell, it will donate some methyl, but inside, which is more important because that's where our instructions are, it strips away 10 times what it donates outside the nucleus in the cytoplasm. Mm -hmm. And that's a big problem. Um, a lot of people, you know, I know methylated folate is still quite popular, um, but you're eventually going to bottom out on, on that uh, nutrient. And we wanna be just be very, very careful. Um, I'm not saying that folate is a bad nutrient. Obviously it's needed for myriad processes in the body. Um, but if you are under methylated, it is going to be challenging and that can lead to a lot of OCD. Um, the gut microbiome also um, is, is a big trigger for OCD as well. So that's mm. why I always want to check that too. Do you suffer from IBS or other digestive issues? Are you looking for a new podcast to listen to? From the producer of the Real Foodology podcast comes the all-new health and nutrition podcast, Digest This, hosted by Bethany Ugardi. You may know Bethany as the face of the popular Instagram page, Lil Sipper, or you may have even read her book, now you can find her wherever you get your podcasts. On Digest This, Bethany examines topics such as gut health, nutrition, the food industry, and highlights specific ingredients that can be beneficial or harmful to your gut health. She also explores non-toxic options in beauty, home, and cooking essentials. If it has to do with your health, Digest This is talking about it. Each episode features an interview with health experts, doctors, and wellness advocates and delivers you information that is, well, easy to digest. Bethany also delivers a weekly segment every episode called Bite of Knowledge, where she highlights an ingredient commonly used in food, skin care, household cleaning, you name it, and gives you the lowdown on the benefits or dangers that ingredient might have in your everyday life. From Botox, potassium, olive oil, and magnesium, all the way to those ingredients you can barely pronounce on the back of your cereal boxes, Bethany has you covered. There's a reason why it debuted at number two on Apple Podcast Nutrition Charts, Check out Digest This on your favorite podcast app. New episodes every Monday and Wednesday. Produced by Drake Peterson and Resonant Media. So for someone listening that is maybe struggling with OCD or thinks maybe that they have an undermethylation problem, how do you figure that out? And then what is the solution? Yeah, with testing, um, I, you know, there's a couple of ways that we can test for that. Um, uh, you know, I think I mentioned I do what's called a whole blood histamine test or a methylation profile, and those can give us really good data about what, you know, how the system is, is operating. And then, um, of course, those need to be used with other, that needs to be used with, with other lab work. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, we put together a, a treatment plan based on the totality of the labs. Uh, and then, you know, so we can bring more methyl into the system. So there are specific methyl donors. SAMe is one of the more common ones. Most people People have heard of SAMe. You can buy that as a supplement. Um, but again, going back to zinc, uh, zinc is also needed for methylation to function optimally as well. There's been a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? I, I, I guess uh, argument, if you will, maybe that's not the best word, but there's been a lot of confusion around taking zinc supplements. I'm often asked, wasn't well, that going to deplete copper? 
Well, no, if you are um, not regulating copper appropriately, whether you're low, high, you know, whatever the case may be, we need to make sure that you have that substance that's going to help, like I said, create metallothionine mm -hmm. and balance out the system. Now, the dose and the form is going to be uh, specific to the individual. Um, and that's why I don't recommend doing these things on your own. But zinc is critical, even if your zinc level is coming up normal on a blood test. Um, it's needed for all of these systems to function the way that they should. Wow, this is fascinating. Yeah, it's um, really, I, I know like, it, it can get really deep and intense. So I'm, I'm happy to go in whatever direction you, you wish to go in. But um, it, it's, it's a big part of what I do. And I think it's one of the reasons why people struggle and aren't really able to move forward appropriately because they're not always being tested. And, you know, your, mm -hmm. your general doctor is not really going to know about these things, unfortunately. You know, we always hear, well, my, la I, my labs are normal. My doctor says I'm fine, but I feel terrible. Well, if the doctor doesn't want to do any further investigation, I would encourage you to find another doctor. If they say, oh, it couldn't be the IUD, find another doctor because mm -hmm. you know your body best. And I believe that we have, uh, we're given God-given discernment um, and intuition, and we, we know our bodies. If something is off, please don't disregard that. Yeah, I mean, this is a, an incredibly important component of all of this because unfortunately we a lot of our just general practitioners were not trained to handle all of these modern chronic diseases that we are now facing. And that's that's not to shit on your doctor at all. I'm, I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying that we need to recognize that a lot of these just general practitioners, they don't know what they're doing in regard to everything that we're dealing with now. So we need to find more highly trained individuals like functional medicine doctors, integrative doctors, people that know the right tests to do, what to look for, the symptoms, et cetera. And you also need to make sure that you find a doctor that listens to you. Because if you have a doctor that's just saying, no, you don't need that, like, no, 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 this is all in your head, your lab work is fine, then you need to find a new doctor. You need to have a doctor that sits down and listens to you and recognizes that while they may be the expert on the human anatomy, you're the expert on your own body. And you need someone to meet you halfway. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that. I think, well, I mean, obviously the last almost three years has really shown a lot, right? About the system. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think that if you are going to be providing care and, you know, my expertise is in what we call nutrient therapy. Um, if you're going to be providing care, I think you, it's really, really in your best interest to understand how nutrients work in the body. Yeah. Um, and, and how, you know, the appropriateness of them, the different forms, I mentioned zinc has many, many different forms. Magnesium has many different forms. Um, we always want to be careful. Um, you know, you can, I have people come to me. Here's another example. If I can share this, mm -hmm. uh, people will come to me with a hair tissue mineral analysis and their copper will be low. And they'll think that automatically means that their body copper is low. Um, or their zinc is high. Oh my gosh, I've got too much zinc. Well, that's not how a hair analysis works. If a zinc level is high on the in the hair and also low in the blood, I don't like that at all. That is a major problem. That means that you are depleting your zinc stores, usually due to high oxidative stress. Mm -hmm. So it's I give that as an example because I think people are getting confused. Maybe it's misinformation from. I don't know where, um, but this is where I just, you know, again, just please work with someone that has been trained in these areas that understands how to read these labs and understands um, how, how nutrients work in the body. Um, it's just so critical. I just can't stress that enough. Yeah, that's really important. So I want to be mindful of our time. Is there anything else that you think is really important for people to hear about what we talked about today? I, I think just to, to, to leave the audience and our listeners with, again, if you are struggling, um, healing is there. Just, just know. And, and this isn't, you know, some little flowery, you know, Instagram post um, about you can heal yourself and, you know, rah, rah. I really do believe that that's true. And I think it's just 
it's just a matter of finding that right person and being exposed to podcasts like this one, sharing information. Um, you know, obviously I'm very passionate about this topic because I've struggled with it myself. You have as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we know what this feels like and um, it doesn't always have to be this way. As you said earlier, Courtney, the body has an amazing ability to heal. You don't know, need to go on a green juice cleanse to get your liver functioning the way that it should. You don't need to do things that are probably, um, will often, you know, make things worse. Um, but just find someone to help guide you that's going to be loving and caring and supportive and meet you where you're at. And and you will get there. You will yeah. get there. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people. So before we go, I like to ask all of my guests before I leave, this is uh, about you and your personal health Um non-negotiables. So what are your non-negotiables, no matter how busy and crazy your day is, what are things that you do to prioritize your own health? Yeah, I'm food is a non-negotiable for me. Um, uh, this may sound crazy, but I don't eat out in restaurants. Um, I may meet a friend at a restaurant, but um, I, 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 it's a non-negotiable for me. I don't drink alcohol. Um, and it's my, my feeling good in my body and sleeping like a baby every night and having good energy so that I can do the work that I've been called to do is, is critical. So I, I just, um, I go to bed early and um, I, I just will not budge on my diet. Yeah, it's really important. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I really thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I wanted to keep going. I have so many more questions I want to ask you. So I'm probably gonna have to bring you back on if you're, if you would come back. I'd love to. I'd, I'd love to. I, you know, it's, I agree. There's so many more things we could dive into, but I, I realize we're limited on time and I'm just uh, so grateful for you, Courtney. And I just want to say, keep up the great work. I mean, you're doing amazing thank work. You. Um, and sharing, you know, what you know and your expertise and your knowledge and, you know, the platform that you have. We need more people and strong, beautiful women like you in the world to to be a, a positive inspiration for others. So, um, so, so thank you for having me. I'm very grateful to be here today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And I want to mirror that back to you. You're you're doing incredible work and you're really helping a lot of people and you know, there, we all have different roles in this. And I think this is a really important thing that we're tackling right now in our modern times. And so I'm grateful for you and the work that you do as well, because you're really helping a lot of people. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Please let everyone know that it's listening where they can find you. Yes, you can find me at eat4.life, not.com, E-A-T-F-O-R dot L-I-F-E. And again, I'm, I'm no longer on social media. So please join me on my website. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. If you liked the episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let me know. This is a resonant media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Mike Fry. The theme song is called Heaven by the amazing singer Georgie. Georgie is spelled with a J. For more amazing podcasts produced by my team, go to resonantmediagroup.com. I love you guys so much. See you next week. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and doesn't constitute a provider-patient relationship. I am a nutritionist, but I am not your nutritionist. As always, talk to your doctor or your health team first.